Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history and culture through historical Chinese dramas. This is Karen. And this is Kathy. Today, we are discussing episode 33 of The Story of Minglan or Zhifou, Zhifou, Ying Shi Lu Fei Hong Shou. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. Today's drama episode is rather light on history, but incredibly interesting in plot as we bid farewell to a character we've wanted gone for a while now. If you haven't left us a rating on whichever platform you listen to us to, please do so and leave us a comment. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, I highly recommend heading over to our intro to the drama episode that can easily be found on our website or whichever platform you're listening to so you can actually understand what we're talking about. Let's get started. After the events of the last few episodes where fourth daughter of the Sheng family, Molan, essentially threatens the futures of the rest of the Sheng family, she successfully secures a marriage with Liang Han, son of a count, because Grandma Sheng decided to go or personally go to the count and countess to propose. Episode 33 begins with Molan being led out of confinement and rushing over to see her mother to share the good news. Molan and Lin Xiaoyang are ecstatic about the fact that they are going to get everything that they wanted. Molan is going to marry into nobility. And she's like, I'm marrying better than my older sister Hualan. What's not to be excited about for them? The marriage already is set for a fortuitous day in the month, which is rather abrupt, but they don't have much of a choice. The rumors are already out there. They need to get something on the books. And she says that she's pregnant. We don't know if that's true, but that's what she says. Yeah. Well, for me, there's three observations for this tearful reunion. The first, Mulan is not at all grateful for Grandma Sheng helping her seal the deal. Grandma Sheng did all of this and personally went to the Count and Countess. In the last episode, um, we discussed why that was important. And But Mulan just calls her like, Ugh, that old witch. And I'm like, uh, excuse you? She was under no obligation to help you on this. Grandma Sheng very much was like, we should just have you killed. <laughs> Number two, Lin Xiaoyang thinks that all it's going to take for her to return to power is to be sweet again to her husband, and all will be well. Lin Xiaoyang does not recognize the depth to which her deception hurt the Sheng family, which we will see is unforgivable to many people. Number three. For some reason, Lin Xiaoyang is naive to the extreme that the amount of dowry she has to give to Mulan will help her daughter at her husband's house. In this scene, Lin Xiaoyang provides a few deeds of properties to Mulan as a way to provide a level of independence um, while she's at her in-laws. Personally, to me, it's uh, kind of laughable because we'll see in later episodes what it means to be truly wealthy. Such a small amount to Lin Xiaoyang is probably a lot, but to nobility, the deeds are not even worth mentioning. Mulan even says she won't need this in her husband's family, but she still takes 
the best properties with her because it's Mulan. She's like, I'll take whatever. This, to me, kind of really rounds out the characters Mulan and Lin Xiaoyang for me. Mulan is just like a selfish biatch who really doesn't care about family. And she is a product of Lin Xiaoyang. But Lin Xiaoyang here, yeah, she's selfish, but she really, really does care for her children. Shortly after, we see a scene where Mulan is wearing her wedding dress and getting ready to be married. Weddings are supposed to be a happy occasion, right? But Mulan's wedding is more akin to a funeral. At least the background music is very somber and nobody really has a smile on their face except Lin Xiaoyang and perhaps Mulan. But Mulan is tearful because her once doting father is now extremely cold towards her. Now, people will ask, why is Mulan in a green dress? Aren't brides supposed to be wearing red? That's what Chinese people wear for weddings, right? We will talk more about Song Dynasty wedding traditions later on in this drama in episode 40, so let's hold on to that thought. I do want to point out, though, that Mulan's wedding outfit, hair accessories, and even the fan she uses to cover her face is so simplistic it's a little sad. She is marrying into aristocracy, but the contrast is quite stark between this outfit versus future outfits that we will see. On one side, it's because the wedding was put together rather abruptly. So it makes sense that the outfit and accessories, etc. aren't going to be as intricate as one would like. On the other hand, my view is that Mulan burned all of her bridges at home uh, so that it could be assumed no one in the family on the mother's side wanted to provide her any expensive accessories. And her mother, her birth mother, Lin Xiaoyang, is only a concubine, so where will she get the money for a good outfit? Say what you will about Madame Wang, at least she begrudgingly gave Mulan a jade bracelet, which was uh, probably not cheap, but there's not much else to, I guess, say about Mulan's outfit. I saw it in, you know, repeat viewings, and is rather embarrassed for her. Yeah, well, well, as per wedding traditions, the husband and wife of the house are sitting at the head of the table. Usually it would be a grand affair, but there's literally nobody there, and everybody's looking quite somber. When the time came, Mulan is escorted out by her father and Madame Wang, who are both very stoic. For them, this is not a happy occasion. Her father, Sheng Hong, is especially cold towards Mulan and pretty much says that now she's married, she can no longer rely on her maternal family. All the pain and glory will be for her to manage. And I'm like, yeah, Mulan, uh, what did you expect? You essentially blackmailed the entire family and you want them to wish you well? Mm -mm, not happening. The last scene after Mulan leaves is my favorite of this episode, actually. And it shows to me again that Madame Wong is, you know, not as bad as her temper suggests, but it also shows like what burdens there are to be a wife of the family. For her and for most women, the family is greater than the individual likes and dislikes. So why is it my favorite scene? So let's get into this. After Mulan is walked out uh, with her older brother Changfeng, Wang Danyangzi turns to her husband and says, 
There are many guests outside, and they should go spend time with them. So herself and her husband. Her husband agrees and immediately readjusts their demeanor. Well, both of them do. A moment earlier, both Wang Danyanzi and Sheng Hong were sour-faced and cold. But in order to save face, they turn those frowns upside down and prepare to greet the guests with a more cordial manner. I personally found that to be quite powerful and showcased A, both their acting abilities uh, for both Wang Danyanzi and Sheng Hong, but also shows like, hey, for them, they know what is proper of a family. And that kind of, again, just juxtaposes between the selfishness of Li Xiaoyang, who even in the in the, the house or like in the hall, was like, oh, I want to go see my daughter off. But she doesn't really grasp the situation of like, no, 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 this is not how it actually works. Exactly. Li Xiaoyang, I don't think, has learned her lesson because she's certainly been so spoiled um, that she doesn't realize where she draws the line or she thinks she can get away with it without realizing that she's crossed the line. Back in her room, she starts throwing things and screaming before regaining her composure because I think her inner monologue is that, you know what? I am the mother-in-law to the proper wife of a son of a count. That was a mouse. A mouthful, but uh, I think that's what she is thinking. I am still nobility by relation. She, yeah, she thinks she's made it in life, uh, only to be promptly dragged to the Sheng family shrine where Sheng Hong is kneeling. Lin Xiaoyang is brought to the shrine and placed on the ground where she is then beaten repeatedly while Sheng Hong is kneeling with his back turned to her. Honestly, I'm like, finally, he sees the light, whereas she continues to beg for mercy. She begs him to stop and asks him how he can be so heartless. Her screams are rather heart-wrenching. Soon, she passes out, and Sheng Hong can't conceal his concern or anguish. He tells his servants to stop and to leave them alone. At this point, he finally turns it around to see Lin Xiaoyang, who's passed out on the floor, as he's crying over what happened. To me, he's more heartbroken to find out what a conniving woman she is than she, the fact that she's actually hurt. I was actually surprised when I saw the scene. I thought they actually beat her to death already. Yeah, I thought she was already dead. But uh... well, remember um, Bu Wei? I was like, oh my god, they just straight up murdered her at this point. Okay, going back to our main character. Milan has been somewhat in the background lately, stands outside of this whole uh, event, hearing all this unfold. Her father, Sheng Hong, orders Lin Xiaoyang to be moved to a farmstead, never to leave. The maids that helped Milan with this ruse are to be beaten to death, which ugh, it sucks for them because all they did was follow orders. The other servants in the yard are to do hard and menial labor until there is an opportunity to sell them off. This to me is huge because this type of activity is normally for the wife of the family to determine. I've yet to see the husband of the house partake in matters of staff, but this reflects how important it is for Sheng Hong to take action because for him, these mistakes are irrevocable. Lin Xiaoyang cannot come back from this. In the book, it's actually 
uh, Chang Bai's wife who does everything. So Sheng Hong kind of even just like cleans his hand of this and is like, you guys deal with it. So in the drama here, um, the fact that he's personally dismissing the servants is quite significant. At long last in her own courtyard, Ming Lan is kneeling in front of the two paintings she has. One from her mother and one from Mo Lan. Ming Lan has finally achieved the revenge she sought for her deceased mother. It's not quite over yet, but she's about 95% there. Later that night, the injured and disgraced Lin Xiangyang is sent to a rural farmstead to live out the rest of her life. Under the pretense of following Grandma Sheng's orders, Ming Lan follows the carriage carrying Lin Xiangyang to the farmstead. Who else is at the farmstead? Mm, it's Ming Lan's aunt. She's paying off some of the servants so that uh, they don't blab, and Ming Lan and Lin Xiangyang can have a private conversation. Milan walks into the room of the farmstead to see Lin Xiangyang in a rather pitiful state. She is disheveled and bloodied from her earlier beating. Lin Xiangyang is surprised to see Minglan and asks if she's here to laugh at her current state. Minglan, emotionless, sits down, not saying a word. The only thing she does is bring out the painting that Mulan brought her. Lin Xiangyang doesn't understand why Minglan is actually here and rattles off who could have sent her. Sheng Hong? Madame Wang? Lin Xiangyang just goes off on a monologue defiantly stating that once her daughter gains her footing with her husband's family, she, Lin Xiangyang, will be welcomed back to the Sheng family with open arms. Minglan should be envious. At this point, Minglan point blank tells Lin Xiangyang that she never wanted to marry into the Count's family. And it seems like a light bulb finally goes off in Ning Xiangyang's head that uh, maybe this was a trap. She starts tying things together. It was Minglan that made them, her and Mulan, believe that Mulan had no chance anymore to marry into wealth. And therefore, they needed to secretly meet Liang Han in order to uh, get this marriage done. Just as quickly, Ning Xiangyang asks, why did you do this? What did you know? How could you know? I'm personally impressed. Even in her weakened state, Lin Xiangyang was one sharp cookie. She immediately kind of tied everything together. I don't know if she's that smart, but she figured things out. Minglan doesn't say anything. She just has the painting that Mulan actually gifted her when she moved out to her own courtyard displayed. The, uh, I guess the painting depicted is Shi Du Qingshen, and it was originally a jab from Mulan because Minglan, of course, doesn't have a mother anymore. We talked about what uh, Shi Du Qingshen is um, in prior episodes. And once seeing this painting, Lin Xiangyang finally reveals kind of more of the truth. To her credit, Lin Xiangyang bluntly says she will destroy everyone in her path. Minglan's mother already had Minglan and was pregnant with a potential son. Lin Xiangyang was not going to let that happen. She at first says that she's not afraid, but you can see that she's actually frightened by Minglan's presence, especially since Minglan doesn't say anything. Lin Xiangyang desperately screams to Minglan, 
What are you plotting? What do you want from Mualan? Come back. Mingan remains silent this entire time and does not say a word. She absorbs the scene and leaves. Lin Xiangyang, despite her injuries and blood trickling down from her nostrils, screams to Minglan to come back and tries to crawl on the ground to grab her. Outside, Minglan finally lets out a smile and goes home. Let's give a round of applause to Gao Lu, the actress for Lin Xiangyang. We'll talk about her more in depth later, but let's give credit right now where it's due because this is the last that we'll see of her. At home, Grandma Sheng is waiting for Milan. She wants to understand what happened. Man, the ladies of the family are wicked sharp, except for Wang Tanyang's, of course. And, and Mulan. Mulan's actually not bad. Milan, though, refuses to say anything. Grandma Sheng is disappointed and has Milan grounded for a few days. Not long after, news travels to the Sheng family that Lin Xiangyang died at the farmstead. First to hear it is actually Madame Wang. She's a little surprised to hear this because Mistress Lin has only moved there recently. How did she suddenly pass away? It turns out that after her beating, no one would let her see a doctor. So her injuries became infected and resulted in her death. It dawned on Madame Wang that... The reason this happened must be because her husband made it so. Her husband ordered his servants to beat Mistress Lin and had to know how hard she was being beaten. So, you know, it's not a stretch. Uh, I also think Aunt Wei might have had a hand in it. Like, she was buying off some servants to maybe not summon the doctors when needed. Uh, that scene at the farm said, though, I think nobody really liked Lin Xiangyang. So this is more like conspiracy theory mode um, that uh, we can say is conjecture, but not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Let's let's get back to Shang Hong, though. Why did he punish her this harshly? Lin Xiangyang or, or Mistress Lin, uh, that is. The reality of why Lin Xiaoyang miscalculated so badly this episode was actually analyzed to perfection by Wang Danyangzi. Which like, is like, uh, <laughs> I know, how did you suddenly understand your husband so clearly? <laughs> Wang Danyangzi noted that Sheng Hong hated that Lin Xiaoyang lied to him all these years. But what was worse is that at the end... Lin Xiaoyang decided to stop lying to him and showed her true colors. He hated that she didn't simply continue to lie to him. This is what Sheng Hong could not forgive. He saw her for what she truly was. And if in the last episode, Mistress Lin didn't threaten Sheng Hong the way she did and told him how the entire family needed to help her daughter, their relationship might have been saved. But no, she had to destroy any last affection Sheng Hong had for her. That is why he beat her and moved her to the farmstead forever. Her belief at the beginning of the episode where she says, as long as she plays coy and is sweet to Sheng Hong, she'll be fine was highly miscalculated. If you take a look at this scene, I think Liu Ling, the uh, actress for Wang Danyangzi or Madame Wang, also does an amazing job portraying the fear that Madame Wang felt uh, towards her husband now. 
I think she has finally realized how cold-hearted her husband can be. Before, she was mad that he preferred his concubine over her, but I think for her, that's just like par for the course for men. She was always more pissed off and jealous at Lin Xiangyang than uh, Sheng Hong. Here, she finally grasps the fact that there are certain boundaries that even Sheng Hong will not tolerate, such as anything to endanger his career or the reputation of the family. She's seeing him clearly as a ruthless man who will even kill his most beloved concubine if she threatens his career and the family's prospects. Ming Lan understood this very early on, but now so does Wang Ganyangzi. At the end of the scene, Wang Ganyangzi is actually tearing up, but I think it's a mixture of emotions. She's happy that finally Ning Xiangyang is gone, but she's also fearful that it's her husband who authorized this. And now with this news out, Ming Lan proactively seeks out her grandmother to explain what happened. Minglan presents written evidence of all the crimes that Mistress Lin committed towards her mother. So this, I think we saw um, evidence from the former maid Xiaodie and also the doctor who saw Minglan's mother when she was pregnant. After dismissing the rest of her servants for privacy, Grandma Sheng listens to Minglan explain that Mistress Lin's death was all a plot. Again, Grandma Shun kind of deduced this already when her own maid mentioned possible murder. However, Milan confesses to everything she's done, from pushing Mulan and Lin Xiangyang to plan the secret relationship, to leaking the information to Madame Wang to expose this relationship. Grandma Shun is shocked to hear this and asks, why would Minglan do this? Did you think about your own future? And this is the most important line for Minglan in this episode, and I think really reflects uh, something that kind of like clicked in her mind. She says, I've thought about it, but I needed to avenge my mother's death. Who cares about appearance, reputation, or marriage? She continues that Lin Xiangyang deserved her death. Man, I think this is the most emotion I've ever seen come out of Milan. Grandma Sheng is stunned because this was ruthless for Minglan to say she, Lin Xiangyang, deserved what she got. How did Minglan transform into the scheming, scheming woman? And it dawned on Grandma Sheng that Minglan was never such the, uh, the calm, quiet, and well-behaved woman she always seemed to be. Minglan begs for punishment, and to my surprise, Grandma Sheng actually hits or slaps Minglan, but she immediately hugs her beloved granddaughter. Grandma Sheng, the sweet and best grandmother ever, is mad at herself for never thinking about revenge for Minglan and not sticking up for Minglan in the way she needed to. The two reconcile and promise to never reveal the details of what happened to anyone else, and it's a truly touching scene, but it closes the chapter on what happened to Minglan's mother. And you see this level of growth that Minglan can truly plot very devious schemes. And we end the episode with the news that rebel forces have been defeated and 
the handsome Gu Tingye, who we haven't seen in several episodes, return home. I'm so happy that Ming Lan was able to avenge her mother, but I'm also a little bit sad that uh, um, Lin Xiangyang or Gaolu is gone because I personally like Gaolu as an actress. Kathy will talk about that in a bit. I think Lin Xiangyang was a great, uh, I guess, learning experience for Ming Lan because now she knows what it means for women or concubines to behave in order to gain favor in a household. And this will serve her well in the future. For the episode recap, there's not much history to discuss today, so we'll discuss Lin Xiaoliang instead. Let's first talk about Gao Lu, the actress for Lin Qingshuang or Lin Xiaoliang. Born in 1982 in Beijing, Gao Lu was exposed to the arts and acting from a young age as her mother was an actress. She studied at the Beijing Academy of Drama or Zhongyang Xiju Xue Yuan which is one of the two schools in Beijing that produces many actors and actresses today. She has had an illustrious career, and we've been fans of her since, like, 2006, when she starred in A Mischievous Princess with Korean actress Nara Jang and Taiwanese star Alex Su. In Chinese, the drama is called Tiao Man Gong Zhu, starring Zhang Nala and Su Yopong. You can tell we've uh, been Chinese drama nerds forever. In that drama, Galu played a princess um, and was serene and sweet. Fast forward a few years and we saw her in Jia the Ensifang, which translates to Family to the Power of N. That drama came out in 2011 and Galu played the character of Xue Zhili. I was obsessed with that drama and absolutely fell in love with Galu's character, Li Zijie, or Chestnut Sister, as she was referred to in the drama. She was poised, elegant, soft-spoken, but determined, and absolutely so intelligent. In my mind, the epitome of what a kind, thoughtful, and family-oriented person should be like. I don't know uh, if there are English subtitles available for this drama floating around, but it was a fantastic drama. For that role, she won several awards for Best Actress. Sadly, though, she was never an A-list Star, which I think for her was perfectly fine. She certainly has acting capabilities, and we're very happy to see her succeed. But um, Zhao Liying, for example, has more commerciality than Gaolu, even though Gaolu, I would say, also has pretty high output and high-quality dramas. She does have two kids right now, so she put her acting program hold for a couple years uh, while she was pregnant, but now she's back at it, and I think she's gotten several really, really good roles recently. In the roles we saw her in, so like in Jia the Enzifang and Diao Man Gongzhu, she was typically a good person. Her, I guess, bone structure and overall demeanor draws you to like her. Her the way she speaks also is very like soft. That's why in the story of Ming Lan, it was so fun to watch her play this shameless 
calculating power-hungry and gold-digging woman when the drama came out. I definitely wanted to like her and then was like, oh, no, she is not a good person. This drama, so the story of Ming Lan, is so different from what we've seen before. And in behind-the-scenes clips of Gao Lu, she says that for this drama, she like rarely stood up straight because she clearly knew her role as a concubine, which is to ensure that her husband is happy at all times, which means that she's like generally bowing or looking down to show a meeker attitude. I talked at length in the last episode about her fantastic scene with her husband, but her final confrontation with Minglan was also thrilling to watch. She was spitting out uh, a lot of cursing and just calling Minglan lots of bad names and also insulting her uh, Minglan's mother as well. And I was like, oh, wow, Galu, this is like pretty intense, like way more aggressive than I've ever seen you before. And her screams and whatnot, I feel like I've... I would not have expected that out of her um, if she was in, like, from all of her previous roles. So, thoroughly enjoyed this character. I think it was um, very fun to, to watch. To close out on this topic, I also want to give kudos to the costume department for really complimenting Lin Xiaoyang's character. She primarily wears pink but with many lavish designs. If you rewatch the drama, you'll see that Lin Xiaoyang primarily wears various shades of pink that are very well decorated to show A, she has favor, but also B, she is still only a concubine. As a reminder, concubines could not wear certain colors, uh, specifically like bright red, right? Pink was primarily what was worn by concubines to catch their husband's attentions. And in this drama, Gao Lu, the actress for Yin Xiaoyang, very much owns all the pink that she wears. Well, let's end with some major book differences. First and foremost, in the book, Yin Xiaoyang does not die. She is simply sent to the farmstead to live out the rest of her life. We do not see her much in the book after these events. And it's fine. In the book, Lin Xiaoyang is not really a big character. She's a bit more um, ruthless than, I guess, in the show. But, you know. How could she be more ruthless than in the show? Oh, oh, I have not even gone into the details of, like, her also having another woman become a concubine and kind of, like, holding that over the new concubine's head. So... It doesn't really add to the story, but Lin Xiaoyang is like a bit more ruthless in the in the book. The drama, though, does a great job showcasing the selfish nature of Lin Xiaoyang and exactly how she's able to triumph against Madame Wang every single time. We really don't see that in the book, but in the drama, you really see the the acting come out of Lin Xiaoyang to say like, "Oh, I'm gonna faint." Oh my god, um, hold on, please come save me. Everybody is bullying me. <laughs> well, as I mentioned in the last episode, Minglan had no hand in Lin Xiaoyang and Molan's decision to plot a meeting with Liang Han, nor cared too much about her own mother's death in the book. She was more of an observer of these events and didn't really participate. Now let's compare this to the drama. Minglan directly had a hand in pushing Mulan and Lin Xiaoyang into their final predicament, for better or for worse. 
I've refrained from commenting much on the actress Zhao Lingying's portrayal so far, but I want to spend some time now to discuss Minglan's reactions towards the events of episode 31 through episode 33. I don't know if this was a directorial choice or what, but Minglan just seemed pretty kind of lifeless, maybe spaced out during these episodes. It didn't really work for me in the sense of, like, why is Minglan doing all of this. She wants revenge, but she doesn't show much of that like burning emotion until she confesses to her grandmother. I understand she wants revenge, but she's just like passively watching. Especially when Minglan meets Lin Xiangyang at the farmstead for the final time. She simply just stared at Lin Xiangyang. Is she happy that Lin Xiangyang is meeting her end? She smiled when she left, but like I feel like you could show something to your mother's murderer. Perhaps she was trying to act cold, but I was, or we talked about this earlier, but I feel like Madame Wong and Sheng Hong did a much better job portraying a coldness uh, during the scene where Lan was being married. I feel like Zhao Liying, so the actress for Minglan, was trying to do something similar, but it just came off as... Um, rather just like empty like it just didn't wasn't as cold as I would have liked there was not this type of like sharpness to her gaze that was there for uh Madame Wong and Sheng Hong I don't know listeners you let us know that was just something that I felt like I wish I had more of if we were thinking about like empresses in the palace even though Jin Huan was you know getting rid of or defeating some of her um, enemies, there was more emotion to the, the, I guess, the eyes. And I didn't get a whole lot of that from uh, Minglan. And so, like we mentioned, this is it for um, Lin Xiaoyang. We will not see her anymore. And to that, I'm like, thank God. With one major enemy defeated, we, of course, have to level up to find additional hurdles for Minglan to uh, encounter. So we are looking forward to what the next episodes bring. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter or by email if you have any comments or questions. The music you heard uh, in the podcast episode is... The title theme to the drama, Zhifou, Zhifou, and uh, the sheet music is written by Cui Jianghui, played by yours truly. We will catch you in the next episode.